This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. <laughs> all right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the new episode of the Cabal cast. Sorry for the delay. I was in Kansas City for the first Midwest GP in forever. Yep. But we've got a good episode planned for you today. It's about that time of year where last year we started to see the old school boom and the RL bubble. Mm-hmm. Bubble. Yeah. Uh, so we're actually going to be talking about what each of us thinks the next big MTG finance like surge or explosion is going to be. Yep. And then we'll send it away with picks. So keeping it pretty easy. Uh, gonna digest Modern Horizon spoilers and this new London Mulligan rule change a little bit more before we covered in an episode. So let's get started. One thing I believe in is that Unlimited is underpriced as a set. <clears throat> I think across the board, Unlimited is criminally underpriced as a set. You look at Alpha and you look at Beta, and they have a decent spread in what you would expect for a set that is. Represents the beginning of the game and then the kind of collector set in beta. Like a lot of people like to collect alpha, but beta is really the collector set. And you have a lot of price uh, deltas there of about 2x between alpha and beta, and that's pretty standard across the board. When it comes to unlimited, the gap is a lot larger between beta and unlimited. And we do see an increased print run that kind of reflects this, but not one that reflects a, a delta like I, I'll show. I do think the namesake cards in the set like power and the duels are underpriced our eternal playables are underpriced but not by the margins that i'm going to cover today they are all due for another pop at some point in the next year and if you look at the charts you'll see over the past couple of years they've gone up maybe about one two five one one point five x uh yeah and and price just in the last couple of years alone as they catch up and other people realize that there's a demand here and you can raise these prices but what I'm looking at are eternal staples, eternal playables, and not just between a format like old school and EDH. I'm looking at cards that are played in vintage, in legacy, and EDH, and in some cases modern because they're legal there. It's like swords to plowshares, disenchant, shatter, stuff like that. Bolt, yes. Yep. yep. All these namesake cards. You can dive deeper and look at things like scrib sprites, and you will see a large delta there. <clears throat> Uh, but that card is really only old school playable. It's not in other formats. It's just like Sarah Angel. That card has a real price, yeah. but a large, uh, a seemingly large delta. But it's only played in old school. So I don't like to kind of consider it when I look at these cards. So the first one I'm going to bring up uh, all the way at the beginning over here is Red Elemental Blast. This is one of the first cards that I actually went in on years ago. Uh, not in an, an overly large quantity, but I picked up my Alpha, my Beta, and my Unlimited when they were all very cheap. Uh, beta, as you can see, up until about Ixalan, sat at about $25. Now it is market about 40 Now Unlimited, which has the same color saturation, is about $3.25. So you're looking at a 10x between Beta and Unlimited. And while we are, are looking at a common, we're going to continue down the line and see other commons who have a much higher price floor for their unlimited counterpart compared to beta. But this is a card that is playable in all the formats I talked about except for modern because it just is not legal there. And this is a card that does demand 
attention. It is playable. It looks just as good in Unlimited as it does in Beta because of that color saturation that I mentioned. It just doesn't have the black border, so it doesn't have that kind of collectability behind it. Uh, when you look at a card like uh, Lightning, sorry, like Red Elemental Blast, you're not looking at a card that really is a barrier to entry into old school outside of, like I said, keep discounting power and duels, right? If you just wanted to play the Goblins, the Goblins deck, for instance, you would go with Unlimited Red Elemental Blast because they're $3 a piece as opposed to the 30 that you're spending on the betas. Next one I'm going to bring up is Lightning Bolt, and this one's ridiculous because it's Lightning Bolt. Now, yeah. the problem we have with Lightning Bolt is that the average on this is 300, while the market on this is only about 115. And these are numbers that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that you can game on TCG Player because average is based on listing price, market is based on last number of X quantity sold. And yeah. the unlimited copy of Lightning Bolt is priced much like its brethren from uh, M10. It is a $19 card. The M10 version is about uh, 4 or 5 and there's no reason for this. It's still the original Chris, 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 Christopher Rush art. The text on it is just as big and bold and brash as it is on the beta version. It just does not have the black border. There's no reason for this five times delta. This should probably be more like a 35 or $40 card in time. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to play modern, you're probably not going to be taking your beta bolts out anyway because it's a modern event. Uh, I just picked up four GP bolts that I'll be playing. The new GP bolts, not the old one, because I don't like yeah. to foil my decks. But when I play Legacy, I bring out my beta bolts. That's just how you do. Yeah. Right? And to quickly run down the line, another big one is uh, Swords to Plowshare. This is another one where we see a huge delta in market and average. And we see it yeah. at about a 2x gap. 325 for market, 600 for average. But when we look at Unlimited, it's a $33 card. This is a tw uh, 10x multiplier again, 20x if you believe the market. Sorry, the average. Yeah. <clears throat> again, same art, same coloration, same mana symbol, because they did change the plane symbol in time. Yeah. As uh, it's unlimited equivalent, it, it's still the original art. Some people prefer this, some people prefer the Ice Age art, some people prefer the yoke, and you're wrong. Uh, they are. And it looks just as good. This is, uh, again, playable in every cons every format it is legal in. It's played. Yeah. And it, it is not the barrier to entry for old school in the White Weenie deck. I think Savannah Lions, ironically, is if you're not buying revised. Yeah. And then we move down the line a little more. We look at a recent reprint in Lanoir Elves because I wanted to hit a card of every color besides blue because that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> And the graph on Lanoir Elves is a little more interesting, but that's because it just got a reprint in Dominaria. So the beta version did shoot up to 80, but it did not maintain. And we're actually seeing a an average price well below market. So that means demand has been sated, and they're they're just out there on the market. Blackboarder Lanoir Elves are always in demand. It does not matter if they are English, if they're foreign, Blackboarder, what have you. The yeah. unlimited version is $7, and this is the only one that makes sense because of what I mentioned. People like Black Border, Lanoir Elves, they have forever. It's really the only one of these that I've ever heard anybody be a stickler about. But again, we're yeah. looking at a 10x delta. I think that should be short up and should be about a 5x delta. Maybe a little less for Lanoir Elves because it really is only a modern staple right now. There are so many cards that do the same thing in Legacy and better 
that the one one for one green that taps for a green slot is just not essential to the elves deck. Yeah, priest is priest of Titania is a pretty good card I've heard. Yeah, and uh, heritage druid, the one that taps for yeah, yeah, yeah. You have better options is what I'm getting at. And the last one I'm going to bring up, uh, beta dark red. So we see a hard spike to 200. The price is not maintainable because the demand just doesn't exist. So eventually the price, the average price, floats back down to the market and they meet at about $120. Dark Ritual is a card that was printed all the way up until Masks Block. Different art every time after 4th edition. And uh, the Unlimited Edition is $9. So again, yeah. we're looking at, at, uh, at about a 12x delta on this. Which should not be the case if you're the kind of person who plays storm and legacy you want a black border at your deck i understand that every other edition of this aside from unlimited and revised is black border it's just the way yeah. it is you know uh, because it was it was in the expansion sets is uh, the yeah. expert level sets yeah it was all printed in there so it has a black border but this is a this is still a collector's card, and unlimited is still a much more limited print run than all the sets that came after it. And you're looking at kind of this bygone era of art, especially with the the way the border, the colors, and the artist credit are. You're looking at a card that's much more concise, uh, sorry, concise, and everything is actually kind of larger on it than its brethren, its newer brethren. And these are the kind of cards that I look at, especially when I'm out at random shops and just trading, I look for unlimited cards that should hold a price but don't. There's no reason why they shouldn't. Eventually, people are going to stop collecting beta. Either it'll just disappear or it'll become too expensive for a lot of people. So they'll go back yeah. to the next version that has the next bit of true uh, true art, and you're going to look at unlimited. And it doesn't matter if it's regular or dark unlimited, which there's still a, hand, a handful of things floating around. And, the delta on a lot of these cards is way too large and unsustainable moving forward. We saw that re yeah. reserve list pop years ago, and it, it continues. It'll keep going. And those cards are never going to get reprinted. Everything I've touched on here is non-reserve list. It, it can and will be reprinted. We saw yeah. Land War Elves in Dominary. We saw Red Elemental Blast in uh, Eternal Masters. A25, or, I think. Eternal Masters was Pyro and Hydro. Okay, yeah, yeah. We haven't yeah. seen Dark Rit in forever... And swords is supplementally printed all the time. Yep. So, original art, original color, original monosymbols, original font size, original frame, original uh, bordering for the cards themselves, just not in black border. There's no reason yeah. for a delta uh, upwards of 20, 20x for some of these. And it's the same down the line for all the rest of these cards. Things like Basalt Monolith, I think, have a smaller delta. But that's because they are using weird janky combos, like just mill combos. Yeah. And so those are a lot closer. Uh, I, I think Shatter's uh, still a wide delta. But it's, yeah, it's a card I didn't bring up. It's a card I didn't think about. And you just look at cards like that, and you just think, this card is playable in one or, or multiple formats, inclu including an up to modern. I was going to bring up Disenchant for that reason, but I just yeah. wanted to cover a handful. And... This is, for a lot of people, this is as pimp as they can or want to go, and these cards are still incredibly affordable. Why is there a flood of them in the market? It's just, people play with 4th and Revise instead. It, one, that doesn't make yeah. sense. And two, this is just one of those things where it will dry up in time. It, they're 
Unlimited is going to go. It's going to be harder and harder to find. It's just going to be a matter of people wanting to turn their, their focus to Unlimited away from Alpha and Beta and just say, all right, it's time. We're just going to clear out the market. And you can see that happening with beta commons and uncommons, what was it, three or four years ago? All this stuff uh, that we see. Yeah, two, three, four, something like that, yeah. yeah. And it's you know, it's interesting you say that because I was actually, at the GP, I was discussing how over the last, like, six months, uh, we saw Unlimited Lotuses have the explosion of, like, almost 2xing, mm -hmm. similar to what Alpha and Beta Lotuses had prior to the RL boom. And then you had the rest of the power from those sets catch up yeah and then you had the rares and then the commons and uncommons so yep i mean i'm i'm not sure what you would think timeline on this but if it happens i would expect it in probably about 12 to 18 months something like that just based on how it's been yeah with I, alpha and beta i i think so i've been saying power for years power has been underpriced power has been underpriced and now it's finally kicking up i i brought up yeah. in one of our discords i think it was last week that uh two pieces of power uh, increase in price by 25% in seven days, according to yeah. multiple, like, uh, conglomeration of multiple sources led to the fact that power, the display of the power, certain pieces of power had increased by 25%. And I think that's yep. finally happen happening. We're finally seeing power creep up. The duels have been going up in time. The, the stragglers in Plateau and Savannah. Yeah. Those guys are catching up. Uh, eventually the unlimited rares will go and once people realize that then the commons are going to be next to be swept out that's what happened yeah. with beta people just went like well this is a collector set we just have to move on these rares now or we're never going to get them they disappeared the commons went it was just it was a matter of time i don't think yeah. this is something that necessarily happens when there's a boom in alternative currencies like crypto that pushed up a reserve uh high-end reserveless staples that didn't really coincide with the uh, beta buyouts of just general rares not like shiv and dragon kind of rares but like not cyclopean tomb i can't think of a, a shitty rare from beta but they're out there um yeah it, it that did not coincide so i don't know what's going to be the driver on this because i don't have my finger my hands in that many jars but we will see it and you know the, a lot of these graphs do prove that these cards are moving in time you know the, yeah the, the dark ritual graph that i brought up has it spiking from about $3 at Dominaria release to the $9 it's worth right now. So some of these cards are moving. They're already on the move. Yeah. What could push these uh, kind of multi-format staples along would be if Star City Games uh, had more legacy events, if the Bizarre Moxin started up their series again, if MKM pushed harder on their legacy series, if Watsi put up a legacy Jeep, another couple legacy uh, Magic Fests. I know, I know, I know. I a boy can dream. Uh, we can dream, yeah. A boy yeah. can dream, exactly, yeah. Then we'll see a lot of these staples take off, and once they go, they're never coming back, and then you'll see, like, the jank come up. Things that either are just played yeah. in old school, like I mentioned, script sprites, or stuff that's played nowhere, like Grizzly Bears. Then you'll see that yeah. kind of stuff go up. But this is, like, my, my long-haul, you know, bet. This is what I, what, like I said, whenever I go out to certain shops, I... I always go for unlimited over anything else, and I always pull cards that are I know are played or are playable in multiple formats. A card like yeah. Disenchant, while it's not played in modern, has the ability to be played in modern. Yeah. So I, that's that's what I look for right now with this. This is my my opinions on the matter. Yeah. Your I uh, I'm very much for me, and it's something I've thought about for a while. And then when we decided we were going to go for this topic, I was like, all right, let me do a little bit of research. And I snap yesed it. Yep. Uh, for me, it's reserveless foils. 
So obviously we had the reserveless boom already, and there are a number of reserveless foils. There's only two foil sets on the reserve list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Destiny and Legacy. Yes. That's it. So there's two sets with foils. Obviously, we have, like, Grim Monolith is ridiculous. Academy Rector, Replenish, like, those staples are insane. Yeah. And I started looking into some other cards, and, like, you know, similar to you going through the different colors, the two that really stuck out to me were actually Multani Marrow Sorcerer and Radiant Archangel. Now, the reason those specifically stuck out is because they're reserveless legends that have foil printing. So for EDH, that seems ridiculous. Yep. Low right now on LP Foil Radiance is 72. Wow. Market is $100. So they haven't been moving. Multani market is $90. LP low for foils is 55. Jeez. So Multani hasn't moved in ages. No. And it's an EDH card. Like it's it's a legend. And both of them are not only able to be generals, they're in the color of the general that fetches legends in Captain Sisse. Oh, yeah. And then you've got Second Chance for blue, I thought, would be after the Heliad thing that got spoiled in Modern Horizons. We saw a huge spike all of a sudden in the non-foils for Second Chance. Mm-hmm. LP low is about 60 bucks, And these are, again, they're reserve lists. They're not going to get printed again. Some of them are very powerful, unique effects. Uh, Opalescence is down to $90 again, when for the longest time it was like 140 to 150 And you won't see these printed ever again. Foils from this era also just don't exist. Your average back then for a foil rare was 0.7 per box, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous because now we're so spoiled with the new insertion that you get two mythics in most boxes yep. that are foil. And it's just unheard of. So, you know, there's cards like Powder Keg as well, which is yep, yep. kind of, you know, outclassed by Ratchet Bomb, Pernicious Deed. There's plenty of stuff there. Uh, but the reserved list, it was an iconic card. It's $65 for foil. And in addition to just being reserved list starfoils, the one thing that counterfeits haven't been able to really get close to getting right is foils. Nope. Not old border, at least. Yeah, definitely not old border. And that's kind of niche, but to me that's another argument for the collectability of these cards because the authenticity is there. You know that they don't have anywhere near perfect fakes or even anything approaching reasonable fakes. Yeah. And then you have cards like Negator, this is one of the most iconic creatures in the history of Magic. Oh, yeah, Phyrexian Negator. Uh, it's $49 for LP low. That seems... And market 60 For a card so, that is in middle school and... Uh, pre-modern, pre-modern and, yeah. like, it seems ridiculous, right, for that card to have that type of price. Oh, yeah. And, you know... The liquidity isn't necessarily there when you get them, but the fact that these haven't moved in so long, and the market still indicates that, you know, we're at the old prices last year from the reserveless boom, to me says that this is a good opportunity to get in on this. Like this weekend, I picked up, I think, four Multanis, two Radiants, about six Weatherseed Tree Folk, and one or two other cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Covetous Dragon, the only red card on the reserve list that has a foil. And it's incredibly iconic because Kai Bood won a Pro Tour with it. So. Oh yeah, that was like the the only mono red deck he's ever played. 
Yep. That wildfire list with yep. like dynamos and monoliths. Yep. And it's not necessarily like, again, the liquidity isn't necessarily there, but I think it's very easy to see like a two to three X on these within the next two years. You know, I mean, weather seed tree folk is a $30 low foil. Yeah. I, it's reserved list. It's foil. There's reserve list cards worth more than that that are way worse mm-hmm. and aren't foil. Uh, so I think they're just a really good opportunity, especially if you can get some with like the EDH utility, like Radiant, Multani, Second Chance, Covetous Dragon. Yeah, stuff like that that you can see, okay, this this has that level of utility to it. You know, the those are the things that I think we'll start to see and I think it's going to be a bit more of a slow burn than the unlimited one. I think that one probably happens sooner. Yeah. Oh, if this yeah, yeah. if this happens, if reserveless foils do pop, and I, I think you'll see a little bit of a bump this summer because this is when all the funny market stuff happens because of you know the secret insider MTG finance or whatever the kids are talking about these days because yeah. we're all evil assets. Um, this this is when you'll start to see a few shades of that, and then come eternal weekend. You know, if we have a middle school or pre-modern event there, you're going to see some of this stuff shoot up. Yep. Anything and, that's played. Yeah. Yeah. And anything that's played. And I just think it's it's almost too obvious to me that I don't understand why it hasn't happened yet. Because some of the reserve list stuff is just like, all right, the, you know, I get Oubliette being $100 or whatever yeah. ridiculous price it is. It's a pauper card. It's also not reserve list. But then you have things like... I don't know, Gaia's Avenger yep. or whatever. I, I paid like $15 for one of those this weekend that was in really good condition. I'm like, this card doesn't even see old school play. No, Why? Yeah, Why? Yeah, yeah. That's a good example. Wall of Kelp is another one. Yeah. Wall of you Kelp know, it's, is it's... now like a $7 card played in no decks on EDH rack. Like, cool. Arcades yeah. made that thing playable. Does it need to have a price? No. No, not at all. And seeing seeing some of the stuff that has spiked and stayed. So yeah, Near Mint Gaia's Avenger is $40. And why? Okay, whatever, guys. Yep. You know, pow, power to you. Uh, I think and, Lurker is another one of those cards that people are like, oh, this just goes in the mono green deck when you play mono green in old school. And like, no, Lurker is still not good. Eater of Days, still not good. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just not the type of thing that I think should go unnoticed, but it seems to have so far. Yeah, it, and... it's it's interesting because I think a lot of that market is people who have the money that want to pimp. So yeah. that's why cards like Rector and Replenish are extremely hard to find now, despite the fact that Replenish is only like a two-year-old spike. Yeah. Uh, it, it, kind of coincided with uh sarah sanctum like when that went up replenish went up yeah but a lot of these other cards won't go until all the the playable reserveless foils are gone once those are gone and people look at that the uh the star foils and say well what can i pick up that isn't from seventh edition yeah it looks good it's going to be cards that are going to be either on the reserve list or pseudo reserve list because they're not coming back. You're not going to get that look again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just, I think it seems pretty opportune. 
uh, especially, yep. you know, while we're slow, people aren't really paying attention to it. They're focused on modern, modern horizons and everything oh, yeah. that's going on in general. It's just a really good spot to get in on this. And I think very likely and very realistic, very realistically, like make a decent bit of money. Yeah, so definitely. A lot of this yeah. stuff isn't really being watched by people. If you were to go and make a move on Powder Keg, that would probably turn some heads quickly. But if you went on Covetous Dragon... People probably aren't going to notice it. So you yeah, can I, kind of lurk under the water for a very long time and nibble away yeah. at this market. And I, I actually do know someone local in St. Louis, which if any of you listening to this are from St. Louis, you know who I'm talking about, who literally has already gone in on Covetous Dragon because he's like, look, this is, you know, I'm going to spend like a grand on getting all the ones I can for less than $100. Yeah. And okay, he did. And we have them back out there, and they're still $50, so... Yeah, and, and like you said, eventually they're just going to disappear. The prices will go up, and the, that resets the floor, and now you're looking at cards that have, like, 1.5 to 2x easily just because of... Now this is a market. Now people want to be in this market. It, you've just created kind of this awkward demand for something that didn't that people didn't know they, there was a demand for. And yeah. I... I like the idea of the Starfoil stuff. We were talking about um, pseudo-reserveless as well in, uh, in Discord. Yeah. And we talked about uh, Tanglewire and Smokestack as examples, looking yeah. uh, outside of the reserveless as cards that were not just pseudo-reserveless, but in that in that era. So uh, Urza's block was the first block with foils, then Mask's block, then seventh, and then uh, the percentages and everything kind of went up a little bit from there. Yeah, it's moved into uh, somewhere around onslaught block, and there's just this weird mystique about those starfoils from back then, the way yeah. things were handled, and just their overall population. Yeah, I think it's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, I I just think it's a good opportunity. So yeah. that that's what I picked. So you know, let's. Uh, I guess that's all I have to say. So let's send it off with picks. All what right. you got? All right. Uh, so I took a little bit to figure this out i was waffling on a bunch of cards and then after only after i bought my eight copies did i decide eladomri's call was well underpriced uh for the a25 version specifically yeah not plane shift i think plane shift holds uh its value properly that was at one point a 10 to 12 dollar card and i think it will crest back up there if it's in a combo deck you got it you mean you know all you yeah probably gonna be 15 plus masters 25 when i chose the card was about Four and change, and you can see it on the graph. Uh, about yeah, a little under five, I think. Uh, when I purchased them, people were racing to the bottom of TCG Player. Yeah. And this is a brand new tutor to modern. This is I don't know why. It seems like Watsy's replacement for Worldly Tutor. Yeah. We did not get a Worldly Tutor reprint in that master set alongside Enlightened and Mystical for some reason. They just don't acknowledge that card exists. It's a $15 uncommon. It puts yep. a card to the top of your deck. It's it, bad. It is possibly the worst green tutor you have. And I'm sure somebody's going to point out something from Portal. Sylvan Tutor. It's Sorcery Speed Worldly Tutor. Fair Boom, enough. Got him. Yeah, right there. And <laughs> Eladomri's Call for a 2 mana is uh, an unrestricted tutor. Uh, just search your library for a creature card, reveal it, put it in your hand. End of story. So you just EOT, get your combo piece, next turn untap, play it with protection if you want. You don't have to worry about 
paying four for collected company and hopefully spiking your piece. You don't have to worry yeah. about paying uh, X and two green for your finale and, and overpaying for it. You get this in two stages. And this opens up not just the counter company deck a little more. It kind of doesn't really revitalize Kiki Cord, but this is a card that goes in there because that is basically a Naodex splash blue for Glenelendra Archmage. Yeah. You might start to see just green white aggressive decks pop up again because this gets your bullets guaranteed yeah. just like court of calling unlike collected yeah. company then i think they also released another tutor alongside this something uh, maybe i'm just thinking finale again but this is one of the best tutors we now have for green white and modern this also is have eternally edh playable that's why this card has a price on it of five dollars yeah. right now ten dollars prior to its free fall at rivals of ixalan for some reason well before it was announced that, that was an a25 and the moment this card hits in modern that's it it's it's gonna go right back up again so this for me is a long-term hold because you've got to wait for that or you just have to wait for uh supply to be drained which i think will happen this kind of pushes the card back up to the forefront a lot of people might have just forgotten that this was a card and yeah. now you have you know new eyes on it again after a25 and I think this pushes it. And just for reference, this is in 13% of the 48,000 decks in the just the green-white X color scheme on EDHREC, if I'm reading this graph correctly. Yeah. This is, it's a good card. Yeah, this is not a sub-$5 card for forever. Unless they no. continue to reprint it, which they could, and then at that point, we're all ho hoisted by my petard. Yeah. But I, I've got... <laughs> I've secured my plane shift copies because I like the way that card looks, but I think A25 is the, the place to be right now. I It should have less supply than Modern Horizons. It's the same art, the same border, the same foil stamp, the exact same card, just in lesser supply. That's the yeah. one I think is going to go up more uh, respect. Yeah, obviously. And uh, that's where I'm sticking for this week. That's fair. I, I, think that's, I think that's a good one. I think... It helps fair decks way more than it helps the unfair ones, because the unfair ones will just run Neoform. Yeah. But I think it's solid. Uh, yeah. Um, mine is Cascading Cataracts. So when this card first got printed, and this is the, like, Prism Tap 5, yes. pro, you know, Create Wooberg. Uh, I forget what the old one was. Crystal Quarry. Yep. From Crystal, Odyssey or whatever. Crystal Quarry. Foils were like 60 bucks before this card got printed. Mm -hmm. And the non-foils were like 20. And then Cascading Cataracts gets printed. And it's most importantly indestructible. Tap, add a colorless, five, add any combination of five mana to your mana pool. Now, in addition to just being a better version of a reprint that had a lot of value in EDH... We just got a card which allows you to pay Wooberg for everything in Modern Horizons, oh, which yeah. is going to be an EDH All-Star. Uh, you know, or Jota's there. We've got plenty of ways to cast spells with this. All the bringers. Yeah, all that stuff. So the foils are still less than $5. The non-foils, low, is under a dollar. And this is, yet again, a slow burn, as tends to be my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that within, like, two years, this easily hits a 3 to $5 for the non-foil, and we see a 10 to 15 for the foil. Yep. It's just not 
an effect that I think can stay that cheap for long, especially as we get more commander sets, as we get more ridiculous supplemental product with changelings or, you know, stuff like Joda gets printed. I mean, for whatever reason, the dragon deck was five color. Yeah. Okay, sure. And I think that, you know, what's really telling to me is that we had Joda in a standard set. So it's not the type of effect that they necessarily think should be restricted to supplemental product, which I thought for a long time was going to be the case because since basically fifth dawn, when we had like fist of the suns and all that stuff, we hadn't seen anything that affected Wooberg. It just didn't exist. And then a couple years later, they're like, okay, we're going to try this in standard. Have at it. And I just think it's a really under underpriced card. Now, we did see a little bit of a spike, it looks like, on the 27th, which was, of course, when we had Changeling, Dude, whatever his name is, spoiled. Yeah, Joda. You're, yeah. Or, sorry, uh, well, Morophon. Morophon. Yeah, Mor- Morophon. Yeah, that one. Uh, and I, I think that that's, you know, we'll see this periodically. When we get cards that interact with it, it's only going to get more favorable. Yeah. And multicolor is hot. Look at Guilds of Ravnica. Look at Shards of Alara. It's a mechanic that sells well. They produce unintentionally powerful effects in it because they don't know what they're doing. And I just think it's a card that is not just underpriced, but we're at such a weird point with Amonkhet right now. The yeah. whole block was basically regarded as hot trash. trash. Yep. It, it wasn't really opened. We just started to see sealed rebound and i think that because it wasn't really opened there's a lot of sealed products sitting out there that now we're starting to see recover because of invocations and i don't see people necessarily you know opening it to get these invocations they're obviously gonna you know sell it and sell it sealed sorry so i think it's just a really good opportunity and looking at edh rec you know it's in a bunch of first sliver decks. Joda has 516 decks. Yep. It's in 20% of him. The, he is by far the most popular Wooberg commander, and he's in a full, you know, fifth of them. Yep. The one I think we might pick up looking at this list, discounting uh, slivers, is actually uh, Niv-Mizzet. Yeah. The new one. Uh, I know Star City Versus had him on. I think they actually played him in a standard deck. It wasn't the commander stuff. But people yeah, have been working with him, and it's been taking a while. And yeah. it's going to continue to take a while. But once they really figure out how to make a, a, a Niv-Mizet Reborn work, that I think he's going to take off as a, a Wooberg general more so yeah. than he is right now. Yeah, and it's, you know, looking at even Joda and Najila, which for those of you that follow CEDH, she's considered one of the better Wooberg generals that isn't Tazri. Uh She's in 15% of 300 decks. Or, sorry, Cascading Cataracts is in 15% of her 300 decks. Yep. So it's it's something that there's momentum there. It's been, let's see, we have what? One, two, three, four, five creatures printed in the last year. With Wooberg. With Wooberg that interact with it. Yep. So it's something that they're clearly embracing and starting to be like, all right, we're all in, we're going to go for it. Yep. So I think it just has a lot of upside for sub a dollar. And if it ends up being bulk, yeah, it sucks because it's bulk, but you paid bulk on it. So it's not I don't the worst thing in the so. world. Not based on Crystal Quarry, but based on Nykthos. Like these supplemental lands yeah. just yeah. just go, just tick forever. Nykthos is different, obviously, because it has modern implications. It's in the elf deck. 
and yeah. it is masterful in monocolor decks or even two colors that are slanted heavily towards one other. But yeah. these these lands that are obviously EDH playable eventually just dry up. People just pick them up. Like, ah, I could probably use Cataracts. It's sub $5. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. And, and they just fill out trades with it, and then all of a sudden they forget they have 40 of them. Yeah. Like, but this is a card that when I saw it, I was like, this is perfectly EDH playable, and I vacuumed up a bunch of copies that I honestly forgot about it. I haven't seen it in binders in a very long time, and that's not a testament to playability, etc. Yeah. Just ammo kit dried up around here. Basically, people sold out, and you know that was that. Yeah. I just think this is a card like Crystal Quarry that will tick around forever. This also adds mana in any combination. So yes. you can play it in your two-color decks and make three and two or four and one, yeah. whatever you want. It is perfectly fine there as well. You know, if you're playing... Uh, what It filters your rocks. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to... EDH Rec, actually, their cast last week was about monocolor generals and how casting cards with trip of a, a pip in it, like Genesis Wave, in a two-color yeah. deck, two-color plus deck can be difficult. Cascading Cataracts allows you to fix that. You can yeah. filter all your red through Cascading Cataracts to make green. And True cast your genesis wave like that it is this is a card that is playable in any number of decks from one color onward although i don't know why you played in one yeah but i also forgot i was indestructible yeah the indestructible is pretty big i think uh to me it's it's the big thing that obviously it's the only thing really besides the mana combination that separates it yeah. from uh crystal quarry but that's that's an insane upside because yeah. it really does open up a lot of options for deck building uh, and, you know, at, at the higher-end tables, you'll see a lot of strip mines, you'll see a lot of wastelands and oh, stuff like oh, that, yeah. so... Yeah, I, I, like, I like Cascading Cataracts. Uh, the foil is beautiful. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It is uh, not quite as heinous as that desert with the explosion on it, but it is... <laughs> it, it, it's good. So yeah. would recommend both this card and uh, checking out the foil. Uh, but, you know, that is it for us this week, guys. We pulled our winner for our giveaway, which was a Modern Horizons box. So if you are yep. not a member of our patron, you might want to think about that because we will be doing these. And as we are still running our uh, regular raffle, once we hit 100 yep. patrons, we will be raffling off uh, UMA box. And With Topper. Yes. Just sealed in its entirety. Uh, shipped from Ar uh, Argus's house to yours. And... Yep. Uh, with that, I am at Halt. I am Reptar on Twitter. I am at Thirsty Sizzler. We are at MTG Cabalcast on Patreon and Twitter, and we will see you next week. See you guys.